Wednesday, July 21st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, another tough one for the Indians uh, in Houston on Tuesday night, uh, two in a row there against the Astros that they've dropped. Uh, last night, Tristan McKenzie uh, tried his best, you know, but his best wasn't good enough against a really tough uh, Houston lineup. Jose Altuve leading the charge, uh, hitting two home runs and, and really getting to him early. Uh, McKenzie's looked better since he's been back with the Indians, but still not where he needs to be in order to provide some sort of, uh, sort of, you know, reassurance to, to Terry Francona and the rest of this lineup. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jose Altuve, uh, <laughs> celebrated his 10th anniversary of his uh, big league debut in style, hits a leadoff home run off, uh, McKenzie and his next at bat homers again. But, you know, I, Joe, I like the fact that McKenzie kind of didn't buckle after those home runs, you know, at the end of three or at the end of four innings, it's still only two nothing. Then that six run, you know, the six run fifth inning just kind of blow, blew the Indians out of the water. But, the fa- you know, the, in his last two starts, he's only walked two guys. He's, you know, I think he's, he's attacked the strike zone better. You know, he's thrown more strikes. Um, so I guess it is. It's, a, it's it's kind of a half step forward and a half step back, but uh, you know it's still it is encouraging in in that regard. But you know the Indians just uh, you know they're they're sending rookie pitchers against a uh, veteran Houston lineup uh, the last two nights, and uh, you know J.C. Mejia got knocked around. You know he was kind of the same start as McKenzie did, a lot of traffic, but he didn't really you know, give up a, you know, a, a whole lot of runs. And, yeah. Mejia uh, had a, a career high seven strikeouts in that outing too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so there, there was flashes of good stuff, but, you know, I think, you know, it's like sending you know, boys against men right now when you, when you have three rookies facing that, uh, that uh, Houston lineup. Right. And a lot of the things that we're saying here sound like what we would be saying if we were a, Detro- if we were following a Detroit or following a Kansas City clubs that are committed to like rebuilds right now, and that they're they're playing their their young pitching and their their rookie pitching, but this is this is the Indians, and they're still sort of on, you know, on the surface on their face, they're they're saying they're committed to trying to win and and still reach the playoffs at this point. Uh, it's it's looking like you know if if they drop three in a row to Houston, if they go home and and have uh, you know a tough time struggling against Tampa Bay it's going to tell us where they're going to be come, come the, the trade deadline. Right. Yeah, I think so, Joe. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before. I think they pretty much made up their mind. I, I can't see them, you know, making a big move one way or the other. I mean, you know, maybe you, you trade a, a Hernandez or, or if a Eddie, Eddie Rosario, some team wants to take a shot on him, uh, getting him healthy in time for the stretch run, you do something like that. But uh, are they going to make a big move to help this rotation? No. Are they going to bring in another hitter? No. You know, it, it's you know, are they going to trade Jose Ramirez? I don't, I don't think so. You know, so, so no, <laughs> I'll say that no. So they're kind of treading water right now. Uh, in the past, though, those moves had been dictated by, you know, there was a a young pitcher or a young player who was ready to go out into free agency the following year or two years and, and make a boatload of money that the Indians weren't going to be able to pay him or wouldn't be willing to pay him. Uh, 
where there was a veteran, you know, with a, a big contract or something that they could deal and get a return where they could set things up for the future, where you could acquire a Fran Mill Reyes, where you could acquire, you know, uh, a Josh Naylor and a Cal Quantrill to, to sort of help at the big league level and, and keep moving forward right, uh, you know, immediately. They don't have anybody on the roster right now like that. Nobody, there are no contracts. There's no money committed beyond this year, uh, honestly. So there's, there's really no deal for them to be made it, that, that sort of threads the needle the way they have. And we're talking about Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff, uh, you know, as they have in the past couple of seasons. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, so what do you do? You know, you just kind of kind of grit your teeth and uh, get through this thing. And, you know, you're 47 and 45 at this at this point. Like you said, you know, they've got another uh, they got to play Houston tonight. And then you got four against Tampa Bay who swept you just before the all star break three straight through a seven inning no hitter against you. And uh, then you got St. Louis coming to town. It doesn't it's not going to get any easier. You know, the best they can do is kind of hang on and hopefully, uh, you know, they get Beaver and Savali back. Rosario comes off the, uh, you know, the IL and, uh, you know, you, Jose Ramirez gets healthy and, you know, you, you kind of finish as strong as you can. Well, and you bring up a good point, Jose Ramirez and, and his health. Uh, Jose Ramirez has not been the same at the plate uh, since uh, it was a, a diving attempt at a Michael Brantley uh, uh, ball when they were playing Houston in Cleveland a couple weeks ago. And he came up uh, a little bruised, a little banged up on his elbow. Uh, Tito says that when he swings, when he gets to full extension, that's when the elbow sort of barks at him a little bit. And you've seen the result at the plate lately. He's, he's really fallen off. Uh, I, it, it's getting to the point where, you know, he sat out last night's game. Do you make a move, put him on the IL for a couple of, uh, you know, 10 days, a couple of weeks? just to get him right to see if you can, you know, make a run at the, you know, after he comes off the list. Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, Francona said, no, they don't want to do that. They'd obviously, you know, they're going to try to slow play him, give him, you know, a day off here and there in the, over the next 10 days to two weeks, see if that'll help him uh, instead of put, losing him for 10 days on the, on the IL. But, you know, we, the last time they tried to do this, it was with Roberto Perez when he had the broken finger in, in April and he ended up having surgery and missing, you know, five, seven, eight weeks. So I'm, I'm not equating this injury with that injury. You know, I don't think Jose needs surgery. At least there's been no indication of that. But, but uh, you know, I don't know. Do you, it's kind of like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Do you do it now or, or do you just kind of, you know, suffer through the drip, drip, drip of a guy, you know, struggling for two weeks? One of the things that we love about Jose Ramirez, one of the things that Tito obviously loves about Jose Ramirez and that makes Jose Ramirez, Jose Ramirez is that he plays every day, that he shows up every day, you know, dinged up, you know, a uh, long game the day before, whatever. He's always in the lineup. Uh, like you've said before, it's a, it's a trait. It's a characteristic. It's a, uh, sort of something sort of ingrained in the the Dominican players. They all want, you look at Carlos Santana, he always wanted to play every day. He always did play every day. Uh, is is that something, now Jose Ramirez is no, no old guy by any stretch of the imagination, but he's been doing this, playing every day in the lineup, every day of his career, basically. 
are we getting to the point where maybe once in a while uh, a regular or a uh, you know every couple of weeks day off for this guy might actually we see the benefits from that maybe maybe the Tito just sort of has to bite the bullet and say hey look I'm the manager you're the player you're going to sit because I know what's best for you yeah I think you know you might be they might be approaching that Joe you know the thing with with uh, Jose is you know, he, he can help you. If, even if he's not hitting, he can help you win. You know, he can, he's a great base runner. Uh, he, he's, he's good, a solid defensive player at third base. Um, you know, so, and he's, he's a threat in the lineup. Even if he's not hitting, you know, you see, you know, people pitch carefully to him. They, they might walk, some, walk him to get to somebody else and set up a situation. So I think, I'm sure that's what Francona is thinking about. We're, we're, even at like 70%, Jose is better than anybody we can, we can put at uh, third base in, instead of him. Well, uh, if he does have to go on the 10-day the injured list, if he does have to miss significant time, uh, does that mean Nolan Jones becomes an option at third base for the Indians? Is, is he somebody that they have to look at and, and bring up and, and start to finally get a look at their you know, guy who's been their number one rated prospect for a while now? Yeah, I, I think that, that would be the logical choice. You know, I mean, Ernie Clement is here, but you need a utility guy. Uh, so Jones is, is swinging the bat better at Columbus. I think he's got seven or eight home runs. He hit one last night uh, for Columbus. So, and, you know, there was a reason they kept him at third base, Joe. You know, they haven't moved him around like they said they were going to. I mean, he's played a little bit of, you know, outfield, I guess. But, uh, you know, it, it's not like he's, the super utility guy that it sounded like he was going to become, uh, you know, in spring training, they, they're, they're keeping him at third base for a reason. So, you know, if, if Jose does go on the IL, you know, I would think that would be the logical move. And you bring up Nolan Jones uh, for a, a spell, maybe, uh, maybe that helps Tristan McKenzie. This is uh, the two of them have a really good close relationship and, you know, having a, another buddy there in the clubhouse, uh, somebody he, he trusts and, and can rely on, uh, maybe that makes Tristan McKenzie feel a little more comfortable, gets him in a good headspace, and you get a few good starts out of Tristan McKenzie with his, uh, his buddy in the clubhouse. I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, there are benefits to that. Uh, obviously, the, the big drawback is you don't have Jose Ramirez in the lineup, and nobody wants to see that, uh, I don't think. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the cleveland baseball talk podcast why sign up hear from one of our subscribers i'm uh jeff heinerson i grew up there in milan ohio but i now live out in idaho i've been here for 40 years and 
Um, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore. Indian fans. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. All right, so the Indians uh, looking forward to this Friday when I guess all of the, uh, or, or at least the, the top guys in their, their 2021 draft are uh, supposed to be signing. Is that uh, what I'm hearing correctly? Yeah, I think that's the way that this usually works, Joe. They, you know, they bring the, the, the draft picks out to a good year, kind of uh, you know, introduce them to the uh, organization, I think Scott Barnes, uh, Barnesby, the uh, director of, uh, uh, you know, director of amateur scouting calls it a foundation program. And, uh, you know, they, and they go through their physicals, <coughs> excuse me. And, uh, and then I think they, they announced the signings altogether. Now this was like two years ago, I think be, before the pandemic, they didn't do it last year, obviously, but uh you know, they, they kind of had, you know, would, would announce an in mass signing. And I think, you know, uh, uh, Gavin Williams, their number one pick is out there. The, uh, the, the right-hander from East Carolina, he's expected to sign Friday. And uh, I would think the rest of those guys are right behind him, or, you know, if, if not right behind him in the next, you know, few days, next several days after Friday, we'll see, you know, that class, what I think uh, 21, 21 players they took and, uh, 18 college pitchers and one co- and one high school pitcher and two position players. Yeah, it's uh, Terry Francona. I guess had an opportunity to do a like a Zoom meeting or a you know an availability with them. Uh, you know, just from the top to to see Terry Francona talking to them and engaging with them, even if it is via a computer monitor. Uh, probably a, an exciting thing for those guys and something to aspire to. And you know. Tito sounded pretty excited about uh, getting a whole class full of college pitchers. That was something that uh, I guess the angels, the angels did the same thing, but, uh, but, but when you, when you asked Tito about it, he was like, uh, heck yeah, we, we signed or we, we, we drafted 18 uh, college guys. Yeah. He, you know, obviously he wants pitching as, as soon as possible if you're the manager. So I guess college pitching is the way to go with that and uh, get them up here. It sounded like Tito would have, wouldn't have uh, cried if they if they uh, went 20 or 24 21 for 20 21 for in college pitching he 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 says it's a running joke between him and uh Antonetti and Chernoff and the uh, scouts yeah he said he was getting text messages every time they would draft uh, another college pitcher his uh his text would go off with yeah I've got another college kid got another college uh, college arm here and uh he was he was excited about that so good to hear uh, all right, as we head towards the July 30th Major League Baseball training deadline, uh, you know, we're still not 100% sure if the Indians are buyers or sellers, but we know for sure which teams are going to be and are already are uh, selling off pieces and, and do, going into rebuild modes. 
Uh, surprising that not not really surprising, but the Indians' 2016 World Series opponent, the Chicago Cubs, uh, dismantling basically the core of that championship team now. As uh, uh, well, they they dealt away Jock Peterson, who wasn't a part of that core, but uh, they're looking to deal Chris Bryant, and that news could be coming uh, if not by the end of this week, certainly early next week. Yeah, definitely. It, it's uh, you know. <laughs> It just shows you like, uh, you know, teams like the Indians can't, if they can't keep a core together and, you know, they, they, they turn over this roster every year and, you know, they have the excuse of being a small market or they use the excuse of being a small market. And if, but if a team like the Cubs can't put them to keep a team together with a, a billionaire for, for an owner and, you know, a money-making machine at Wrigley field, um, you know, it, it is a tough, tough job. And, uh, you know, Theo Epstein got out at the right time. He saw this coming and he bailed. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, this is, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard on fans. It's hard on the organization, but you know, when, when, you know, when, when you've got to, when you've got to break up a ball club, you know, it, you got to do it. And the good thing for the Cubs at the Indians expense is that they, they, they did win a world series, you know, yeah, they, 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 they probably heard it. They converted before they had to, to break it yeah. apart. Yeah. They probably yeah. didn't win as many as everyone thought they did. They, it wasn't a dynasty that they thought it was going to become, but uh, they won one. And, uh, you know, you, you always got that to, to hang your head on. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here. I don't think any of us are going to sit here and, and weep for any Cubs fans about, uh, you know, their their team breaking up. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't feel right yet. Also, considering that they were occupying pretty much every other seat in Game Seven of the World Series, <laughs> well, I, I don't feel I don't feel one ounce of of you know sadness for any one of those Cubs fans. Uh, that was the Indians' fault for giving their season yeah, ticket well, holders so many tickets. Yeah, that's uh, that that's w- w- we could have a whole podcast on that. <laughs> but no, with with the pieces, uh, you know, Javi Baez, uh, Chris Bryant, all those guys being free agents or approaching free agency, uh, they could really reshape the the league by wherever they end up. It, it, yeah. it also depends. I, I mean, could you imagine Chris Bryant uh, joining Lindor in, in New York and with the Mets or, you know, Javi Baez going to play shortstop for the Yankees? That's that, that could really sort of influence the way the league goes for the next couple of years as well. Oh, for sure. And the stretch run, Joe, I mean, uh, God, that, that's unbelievable. Uh, you know, with, uh, I mean, that's Bryant in, in, with the Mets and, you know, I mean, he plays all over the place. The guy's like, I, the guy's six, five, right? I mean, yeah, he, he plays he, everywhere and he's six. Yeah. Five. I mean, yeah. I mean, that would, I mean, that's gotta be the, the place I would think if, if you're the Mets and you're serious and Lindor's down, he's not in the lineup and you need a boost. You know, and and Degrom's down too, right? So right, yeah. You no, know, that, that seems like a like a, a logical move, you know, for for the for the Mets. We'll see. Uh, the other club that's sort of uh, in the surprisingly in that rebuild mode now. Uh, if you would have asked at the beginning of the season, it's the Twins. Uh, the Twins have had injuries; they've suffered injuries all year long. Uh, they haven't lived up to expectations, and now uh, they're going to be selling off many pieces uh, to their. Uh, division championship puzzle over the last couple of years, uh, probably likely starting with Jose Barrios, uh, but you could also include 
uh, Josh Donaldson in there. You could maybe even I've heard rumors of Max Kepler being moved. Uh, everybody's available on that roster right now for the Twins. Yeah, and uh, that that floors me. You know, because you thought the Twins had put this team together that they, you know, they what they win two division titles in the AL Central. Um, you know, they're, they're just getting started, and now you now you've got to look at at breaking that ball club up. Byron Buxton, you know, I mean, they're, they're talking about trading him. I mean, who, I mean, he's been on the DL or IL 11 times, but what a great player when, when he's healthy. And well, and last week they were talking about trying to, to resign him as well or extend. Yeah. Him. Yeah. I mean, it's so, I mean, I guess if you can't extend him, you trade him. you know, and uh, boy, oh boy, it's uh, <laughs> well, it's not like they're going anywhere this year because they're, they're basically in the cellar of the, the central. Yeah. Uh, because of the injuries and, and their poor performance. So yeah, they just had a, a, a terrible year with COVID everything kind of piled up on those guys. And uh, they never, they never could get back, you know, back on track. Well, the Indians are going to look at their starting rotation and not feel sorry for any other team that's been suffering injuries this season. So, uh, all right, Hoinsey, we're looking at one more in Houston and then heading home, uh, opening up a, a four game weekend series with the, uh, the Rays. Uh, we'll look forward to your coverage uh, on the last game of the trip here uh, tonight, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow uh, from Cleveland.